0: Welcome back, y'all, to uh, another episode of Love and Color. Uh, this is Eli, and I'm in the studio alongside... Dr. Katrina. Peace and blessings, everybody. And today we have with us again our senior producer, Chris, in the house. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back. And this is part two of our breakup series, Love in Transition, y'all. Mm. Mm. Yeah, deep sigh. (laughs) We were, um, we were, the three of us were talking earlier, and all three of us have been through a breakup in the last, uh, what, six, six to seven months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we were starting to talk about the emotional work that we had to do this morning to prepare ourselves (laughs) to come into the studio today to talk about this. Um... Dr. Katrina, what did you do to prepare yourself?
1: Oh, I stayed in bed a little bit longer. (laughs) I also got up and went to my altar and chatted with my ancestors and asked them for support and love as I had this conversation. Um, Also, um, the Orisha Oshun, she is this beautiful being of sensuality and beauty, but also You know, one of her elements is honey and using words of honey, sweetness to talk to others, especially when in emotional states. And so I am harnessing that today so that I use my words with kindness, but truth and realness, because as Eli said, we are all still kind of stinging from breakups that have happened recently. So that's how I worked through it this morning.
2: Okay. What about you, Chris? Uh, what I did, honestly, I did a lot of meditation um and self reflection. That's what I've been doing for the past, I wanna say, um, couple months or so. And it's been good. It's it's helped heal me in a sense from a lot of the pain. Uh I, I often say you have to release yourself from the bondage of contempt. So, you know, with with breakups comes a lot of um complicated feelings. You know, and sometimes you have to step back and look at the whole picture in order to um, make your peace with it. And I know that this podcast was coming today. I'm not going to say I woke up like, oh, shit. Yay. But like (laughs) it was definitely a situation where I was like, all right, you know, you're going to go about this in a very authentic way. Remember to speak with intention Remember to be respectful to all parties, because at the end of the day, before we get into any of this, there is their truth, there is our truth, and then there is somewhere in the middle, and it all and together it all is the full picture. You right. Know, on. So I want to be respectful to anybody who may be listening, um, and may you know understand that even when you're dealing with a breakup, it's important to maintain a level of integrity you know, when we're, when we're speaking. And I just want to be respectful as possible because it's really not about them. It's about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. by my experience, it's about me and my candor. You you always can tell the true nature of somebody uh, when you express a boundary. You know what I'm saying? So I want to I wanna do my part in being the person that I am. And I want to tell this, you know, whatever comes out today, Just know that it will be respectful and it will be... um, I am held accountable for anything. Thank you for that disclaimer, (laughs) counselor. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, I've been working, y'all. I sound like I've been going to therapy. (laughs) You know what I'm
1: saying?
2: (laughs) What
0: about you, Eli? How did you set yourself up this morning? Well, I'm a a very physical creature. Uh, So what I did was... uh, on the ride down here, I threw the sunroof open and I blasted new edition. Okay. <laughs> and, and and sang off key the whole way here. And then <laughs> I smoked a joint.
2: That's what I did. All right. <laughs> All right. Everybody
0: In got that order. getting through. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. dope. Vibrational mm-hmm. and herbal
1: healing.
2: Absolutely. Oh, that is a great way to put that, Doctor. Yeah. That is a great yeah, way. Yeah.
0: I'm into that. So like somatic. <laughs> healing okay all
2: right all right man (laughs) so
0: anyhow um we're here to talk about the breakup the the last time we talked about the signs when you when you start seeing those indicators that it might be time to transition a relationship um and now we're here to talk about what comes next. You know, maybe maybe you decide to transition the relationship. Maybe your partner decides to transition the relationship, or maybe you are a metamorph and your partner is going through a breakup. Um, when you are poly, a breakup is, I mean, it's painful. But I mean, at least when you're monogamous and you're breaking up, it's 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 straightforward, at least Mm -hmm. in terms of who you are dealing with. Usually Um, when you are in non-traditional relationships, um, whether they be, you know, polyamorous, swinging, ethically non-monogamous, whatever the label is, there are often other people involved and that <laughs> that that changes things. So so in mm-hmm. addition to all the normal heartbreak and upheaval of like a, a standard breakup, then you also have the added layer of um other people being involved. And I have definitely had a breakup where it just it was nuclear. I mean, it was it was a quad. Um, ex-wifey and I were dating another couple, and me and the the wife. Let's let's call her Madame Butterfly. Okay, she has butterfly tattoos. Um, that's that's the thing I think about. Um, anyway, so me and Madame Butterfly had a falling out. And it blew up the whole quad. Mm-hmm. Like, no mm-hmm. one could continue to see each other after that. Um, it, was, it was a disaster. <laughs> it's just, I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think that even to the end of my relationship with ex-wifey, we were still feeling the uh, reverberations from that breakup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um but then you know more recently my my more recent breakup wasn't i mean it wasn't as catastrophic um it hurt but as i was telling you guys before it was definitely a situation where i saw the signs early on and i accepted it so at the end of the day i i'm looking at myself and i'm like well i mean you you saw this coming and you made the choice. Yeah. And ultimately I feel empowered that I I made a choice with all of the facts. And so even as I feel bad, I still feel good. You know, I feel I I I get to still I I'm walking away feeling good about myself. Um and it didn't we weren't so intertwined. That it really impacted my other relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah. But what about uh, what about you? Some some breakup tea.
1: Hmm. Well, you know, funny enough, as I'm sitting here like sorting through the breakups I've had, maybe five long-term relationships since I've started dating. I'm not saying I've only dated five people. Um, I'm just saying only five, like. Mm-hmm long term. Right, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um and the ones the actual breakups that I can remember, the like the time when the breakup was happening, the oh, we're breaking up stuff, those actually went kind of well. You know, it was like it, it wasn't a lot of yelling or upsetness, you know, there's surprise and things of that nature, but there was love and care and thank you for being this and that, and, you know, I'll always love you, like Whitney would say, you know, all of those things. But it was after the breakup as lives started separating and as you start settling into your new life and the feelings that are coming up and how what you viewed as your future is no longer that's when things started getting really bumpy for me and most of my relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I don't even have, I mean, I have specifics, but I am not going to go into them today. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you when you disconnect your life from someone, especially with Polly, uh, it is extremely complicated and can be difficult. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that stuff and what that looks like later. So I won't go into that either yet. But... Yeah, the actual breakups were good. It is the after effects that have always been really bumpy for me.
0: Mm. So oh. <laughs> no sleeping with a hammer under your pillow for you.
1: <laughs> Maybe a machete sometimes.
0: Okay. Yeah, <laughs> after. Yeah, I've lived that life. <laughs> that was that was many many moons ago. Um, we won't talk. Yeah. About it. I'm still not yeah. ready to talk about that. <laughs> oh. Anyway, well, uh, so
2: so Chris, what about you? <laughs> that shit is extreme, fam. Like I okay. can't. <laughs> It was a treat. She she was she was from DC, so you know yeah. they just they'd yeah. be ready to cut you. Oh mm. shit. All right. So my experiences with breakups have been um very minimum because I haven't I didn't date as much, right? There are certain breakups where, where they were very mutual, and those are the easiest. Like it was the uh eh, this ain't working. And honestly, because I I most of my relationships were more so casual. And friendship-based. So there were breakups that happened that were friendship-based, and it's like, it wasn't serious in the beginning. It wasn't serious anyway. It was just like, okay, we dated, and now we don't. And now we're cool. And those are like, it, those aren't as bad, because those are still friends to this day. However, you know, as as um, Dr. Katrina said, it's that emotional, uh, those, those emotional long-term relationships that really do it. And I've had a situation. Actually, I broke up with somebody twice. and um, Sometimes
1: you got to do that. Yeah. yeah
2: some, I've been there know, too. Yeah. You broke up with somebody twice and, you know, sometimes, you know, you broke up and get back together then break up and get back together. You know what I'm saying? Or and you break like up that. and
0: have to change the locks a second time. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, man. listen, we're going to um, get some therapy, and we're going to talk about this, Eli, uh, so, <laughs> at some points. Um, <laughs> I, I don't date those type of win, women anymore, for yeah, the record.
0: And I, 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 I had a season. Look at that growth. Look at that
2: growth. We're looking at growth. We, everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through it. But, yeah, in my experiences with breakups, uh, it is hard. It, as you said, as you stated before, the hardest part is the after effects of it all of your life changing the person that you uh you assumed that was going to be in your life for a long time mm-hmm. and then not cuz it's the you know sometimes it's it's like you it's a friend of mine related to like it being worse than death because with death you can kind of reconcile cuz that person's no longer here on earth you know what i'm saying like mm. my dad died but my but i don't see my dad's instagram posts you know what i'm saying like uh, and like, I don't, you know, yeah. I don't see a lot of things that, that go on. Right. So like that, that makes it a little bit harder because it's like you have to reconcile things within yourself. And you have to know, like you have to take your ego out of it. You know what I'm saying? I think that was the hardest part about me taking my ego out of it because mm. I, I couldn't be like, oh, what are they saying about me to other people? Or are they do they think this about me now? Mm. You know, I, I had to take myself out of it because that's that would torture me, and it would I would obsess about it, and that wasn't healthy.
1: Social media is the devil.
2: Social media <laughs> does suck, but honestly, all that shit exists in my head. Yeah,
0: we're gonna talk what you know about what I'm we're gonna talk about yeah. social media some more later as well.
2: Yeah, that's about it for that for for that particular section. I have all the thoughts on this shit, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that is well, it for that particular section. Yes, all right, yes. Yes. Cool. So we're gonna hear all the thoughts. Yes. So.
0: With breakups, there. I mean, yes, we know. Or, or I would like to just maybe for the the purposes of the show, see if we can get away from saying breakups and and think about them more in terms of transitions, um, because sometimes they're not breaks. Some you know, like clean things. The connection isn't being severed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just has to be different.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. you know, let's let's talk about transitioning relationships. Um, so, when you're in a situation where a relationship is transitioning, mm-hmm. there are several reasons why, right? It could be, um, or or that the end goal is something specific. Um, maybe you want to have a different type of relationship. You know, like maybe you want to de-escalate. Um, perhaps you were living together and having a very entwined type of life and you find that maybe you're not compatible for that. But you guys were really great as friends who fucked and maybe you still want to do that. So that that could be... Um, a potential reason why a relationship is transitioning. Uh, what are what are some other reasons, Doctor Katrina, for a relationship to transition?
1: Um, you know, maybe if you you need a moment, you just need a second. You need to reassess. Um, I think some people call that taking a break. Right. Um, I think some some people respond to that a little differently than others. Like for me personally, a break. I'm like, all right. So we're either like, I I I'm very black or white. Right. With that sort of thing, it's like we're either breaking up or we're not. But I can't I can't do this middle gray area. Right. It's just too confusing. But you know that may be a reason why someone might want to like move towards transitioning a relationship. Let's right. pause. Right. Uh, Co parenting. Hmm. You know, maybe there's some kids involved. Yeah. And so what does that look like? You know, you you can't completely disconnect from that person in that way. So then what do you do when there's co-parenting and what does your relationship look like with that person to ensure that the children still have a stable environment, right? Right,
0: right. Um, I know for me personally, I've I've transitioned relationships or had relationships transitioned for me um, to minimize trauma. And it could be... The trauma to the relationship, you know, like now we feel so bitterly about each other that the love is lost Mm -hmm. and we want to minimize that or it could also mean um, trauma to an individual. Like the relationship is doing trauma to a person, mm, mm-hmm. and I've certainly been on the receiving end of that, um, and and that's that's a reason to transition a relationship for sure. Um, if there's trauma, or or even speaking of co-parent, if they if the relationship is somehow causing trauma to a child, mm.
1: I think is mm-hmm. another
0: critical reason you know to to maybe transition and and minimize trauma to that uh, those uh, that other person or other persons um yeah and with <laughs> the 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 other thing is you know it, speaking of minimizing trauma you could really with hmm, any of these could be the end result is that you just want to cut off ties completely Like, you just don't want Mm -hmm. to... You want to transition into nothingness. There's there's no friendship. There's no other type of lowercase r relationship to follow. Like, you just want this person, you know, fade to black. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, sometimes there are relationships where you can clearly see that that person does not have your best interest at heart. Right. And you have to kind of compare that to, do I want that in my life in general? Right. You know, if Mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine and that friend was a quote unquote friend of me. Like we're we're older than high school, so I don't I don't I'm too old for friend of me. You know what I'm saying? So I right. don't I don't think that totally. I would want to be around anybody who does not um, wish the best for me or be waiting for my downfall. Right. You know, it's I'm I'm cool on that. However, there are situations where we just naturally evolve, and the relationship structure changes mm-hmm. as yeah. we grow older, as we mm-hmm. get as we get more into ourselves too right. there, there may be a, you don't know what season you meant somebody in their lives Right? you know what I'm saying I've, I meant somebody um, in my life and I may not have loved myself enough at the time and at the time I learned to love myself and 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 place different boundaries so people have to show up differently you know we all are changing right. like nobody's the same as they were like five years ago or six years ago or not. right so you can either grow with them mm-hmm. or grow apart Right, and you have to make peace with it because what's more important is your peace of mind and your happiness. So, allowing for growth, absolutely, is,
0: is uh, another um, potential reason mm-hmm. why a relationship, uh, a romantic relationship, might transition. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, to something less romantic or just mm-hmm. completely aromantic.
2: And, and another thing, I think that you know, with, with transitioning, uh, you know, when a relationship is gone to glory. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, um, <laughs> wow. I think of um, you know, it may not mean like a situation. Like I always say, there's a certain situation where you you two are not good at this space in your life. Right. I think that we all have a chance to evolve, and it's not saying that like fuck you for life, but it's like at this moment we are not good together. We need to become two different people in order for us to reconnect again. And that may look. That's gonna look different. Yeah, but we can't do this now. Yeah, yeah,
1: right. Not with who we are, N- nah, and what is happening here anymore. Exactly. Right.
2: I feel
0: that. So whatever that goal is, is really going to dictate the relationship the the relationship transition strategy. Right, because mm-hmm. if what if all you want to do is minimize trauma and run from the hills. Well, that's one thing versus, well, I need to co-parent with this person. And um, really, I think it's a matter of giving this other person room for growth in a loving way. I'm not, you know, I'm hurt, but I don't want i don 't want negative feelings to get in the way of being able to relate to this person right. in the way that I want to or need to right so that that would be a completely different kind of strategy there right this is not a one size fits all thing, and I think in my younger years, in the years where I was changing locks and sleeping with hammers, <laughs> I was very much i was very much like um like a blunt axe mm-hmm. when it came to ending relationships. Like, regardless of what happened or why I was trans- wanting to transition out of the relationship, the the modus operandi was always the same, just mm-hmm. like a hard stop, stop talking mm-hmm. to the person, like mm-hmm. completely X them out, like that's it. Like they're done, they're dead to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that was kind of unnecessary. <laughs> I probably lost some good folks in that process. Yeah, I about
2: to say, it doesn't bring you peace.
0: No. Really? Yeah. No. I mean, I had to leave a whole, like, I mean, that's basically why I left Oakland. <laughs> like, there mm-hmm. were just too many people <laughs> that I just. It's like. Blunt axed. <laughs> that I blunt axed, and it was like uncomfortable at the club. You know what I mean? I had to leave. So. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> Heard. Seattle's a small town, and I. Have had to develop different skills <laughs> so that I can still be out here in these streets, yeah. y'all. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny that we're talking about goals and strategy because I I also wonder if a lot of people actually have goals and a strategy
2: mm-hmm. when
1: they're transitioning in a breakup. I don't yeah. think
2: most people do. Yeah. No, because it's such an emotional time, and you're not for the foresight is just not there in the heat of in right. the heat of a moment and passion. I often say I read somewhere where uh it someone said hey when you break up take 90 days to, of no contact at all so you can sit down and sit with it and I took that and followed that advice mm-hmm. because I realized that keeping in touch cuz you know sometimes we keep in touch out of habit right or because right. we need to like get the last word in you know what I'm saying by the way you were never this st- you know what I'm saying <laughs> whatever right. and like none of that's none of that's helpful and honestly you're just hurting yourself With the with the constant communication. But I think we we take that time and like because we have to we have to mourn. We have to work. We have to work through the process.
0: Right. Yeah. So so if we're going to take time and grieve, Mm -hmm. let's take time and strategize.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the part where the strategy comes in. Right. Because it's like, okay, you can because you can do that 90 days and be like, all right, you're right. I should not be with this person and I don't ever want to speak to them again. Or you could be like, "You know what? I I've had time to really think about it. I want this person to be in my life or I want this person back. Let's let's work on let's discuss with them a plan where we can have we can have something that that helps us both." Right. Yeah.
0: So, we went through before different <laughs> relationship transition goals, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um we talked about If you want to, maybe you want to maintain some type of relationship. Maybe you just want to pause to reassess because things are happening too quickly and you're not really sure what it is you want um, for the long term. Um, Maybe you know that romantically things aren't working, but, you know, there are um, children involved and you need to maintain some type of relationship to co-parent. We talked about minimizing trauma. We talked about giving room for growth, mm-hmm. um, yourself and the other persons. And we talked about just maybe wanting to disconnect completely for whatever reason. Maybe it's trauma, maybe it's just you don't have the bandwidth for this person, whatever the reason. So, you know, let's let's talk about some potential strategies for those different scenarios. So what if you you you're in this relationship with someone that you really love as a person but it's just not gelling anymore romantically like you mm-hmm. like now this person choose and before you thought it was cute now you wish they would just like close their mouths and like keel over dead. You know what I mean? Like you just, like your your feeling has somehow changed for them, Mm. Um, but you still love them dearly and you want to maintain some kind of connection with them. Mm -hmm. You know, what, how, because again, as Chris said, this is, regardless of what the goal is, it's typically a pretty emotional time. Yeah. Right? And how do you get, through this type of transition without letting your emotions take you astray, you know, because sometimes you can, in the heat of the moment, you can say or do something, um, that would make it such that maintaining some type of connection with this person that you love is no longer possible, Mm. you know, so what are some strategies, um, for staying on course, if that's what you want to do? Hmm. <clears throat> I would always say therapy. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're fully, you know that you fully want to disconnect from this person, then I think that if you're in a place to be able to, having a therapist help you sort of sort out everything, at least for a few weeks, maybe a few months is a good idea. And I, I see plenty of clients that come in because they, they're they transitioning. And they want some help figuring it out. And most of them don't have children. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I think a lot of people go into therapy after breaking up to make sure they can co-parent well. But a lot of people, at least from what I'm seeing, are coming in because they want help figuring out how to stay in each other's lives in a way that's healthy and allows for them to have joy. So
0: um, when you say people are coming in, are they coming in solo or as a couple?
1: As a couple. Even I've even had friends Mm -hmm. come in who are transitioning out of a relationship so that they can figure out what it looks like moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, as Chris said, there are a lot of emotions that come up and we get very stuck in those emotions. And when we're stuck in our emotions, we don't make good decisions um, moving forward for ourselves or for other people. And so definitely talking to a therapist about how to maintain a relationship. And even if you're deciding that you want to pause, maybe you see someone for a few sessions so that they can help you figure out some steps moving forward on how to reassess or what to reassess and really figure out where you're at. Because it's it's a difficult process to break up with someone. And even more difficult to check your emotions enough to see clearly for the situation and, and what works for you and what you're going to need.
0: I mean, I think that the checking your emotions, that, that is both critical and extremely difficult in the heat of the moment. Very um, much so. And for that reason, it, it might be good to, if it's possible, to take some time apart, you know, because maybe you just need to be angry and maybe that other person doesn't need mm-hmm. to be subject to that. Or, you know, yeah. maybe you just even need a week or two to figure out how it is you feel without having that person's presence to, you know, interfere with that process. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: I I think distance is necessary to figure out what's going on. Sometimes it's not possible if you're living with that person or or whatever, but if you can get some space to clear your head and like you said, not let your feelings spill over onto them yeah and you know assess where you're at. I, I think it's a good idea to take that time.
0: even if it's even if it's a situation where you can't literally have time apart for a week, maybe it's just you find carve out time for yourself. Mm-hmm. In each day, mm-hmm. to you know, for that process that is away from this other person or a person's, you know, because really a breakup could be happening with more than just one person at a uh-huh. time. Um, given yes. the types types of relationships we're talking about, definitely, yeah, definitely. But what about? And I don't know if you two have found yourselves in these situation in this situation in particular. I have, where. I know I need to take the space from the other person. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm yeah. missing them. I'm wanting the comfort of their presence and, that shit's, and
2: the reassurance. That's just super hard, especially when that person is like a close friend. Like I when I when I had my my breakup, I lost my best friend. Like, one of my close friends. And yeah. so, like, that was hard because it's like, who do you talk about the breakup? <laughs> like, I can't talk about the breakup with the person yeah. I broke up with. It just leads to more arguments. But yet, some weird way, you end up doing it, which leads to multiple arguments post-breakup, which right. only mean leads to more pain. Right. And you put yourself through it like an immeasurable, immeasurable and also unnecessary amount right. of trauma. So yeah. it's it's you
0: you it's almost like you need to renegotiate those boundaries yeah. with yourself mm-hmm. and with that other person, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's hard. Therapy is I feel like therapy is a must. Mm-hmm. Um having a good support system mm-hmm. as well is al- always a big thing, so you know, friends, maybe other partners that you can bounce feelings off of is very important. Right. You know, yeah. just but that separation is needed for the benefit of both parties.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I want to talk about this, this idea of emotions and the emotions that come up. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we feel emotions. Yeah. We're human beings. It happens. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us feel taken over by our emotions instead of taking more control of them. Mm-hmm. And perhaps, you know, it's a bit controversial what, what I'm about to say, but like we, we have control over our emotions. We can take control over them. I think most of us just choose not to. And mm-hmm. and and hear me out. So there's this concept that I've been studying um, that comes from uh, Kemet, which is what they called ancient Egypt. It's Kemetic science. And it's called Meneb, M-E-N-A-B. And it basically stands for established will. So we learn as humans, it's okay to fall into our emotions and to let them do what they're going to do. We don't learn skills on how to cope. We don't learn how to control our brain more because we have that capacity. We just choose not to because mm. feelings feel good or they feel so bad you feel out of control. And so this concept of maneb is grounding yourself in your frontal lobe which is used for executive functioning, decision making, things of that nature, and not allowing your feelings to take over. But that takes will, which is why a lot of relationships wind up blowing up at the end because people let their feelings out. Finally, it's it's almost like a dam breaking loose. It's like, finally, I can just let it all out. I'm upset. I'm hurt. So I'm going to call you a bish, you know, and I'm going to hurt you and I'm going to do this thing because now it feels like I should be able to do that. When that is actually, it's harmful for the person that you're coming at, but it's also harmful for you because when we're stressed, when we're upset, when we're dealing with a lot of emotional stuff, it leads to mental health consequences, obviously, Mm -hmm. but physical health consequences. And then we're no longer healthy. We're no longer joyful or happy, which means we're now moving about life, really unhappy about this thing that now is in the past.
2: Mm, I, I think that is absolutely brilliant um and also i totally it it it, it brings up to a certain point that i was having uh i was talking to some friends earlier about the control of your emotions and i think with relation to to violence right hmm. um i have a i have a um very you know kind of like a violent family history right and i think that what happens is most people end up doing violent shit When they don't address their own emotions, Mm -hmm. they go, oh, I can never hurt a fly. I would never do that. And then something happens and they react and they don't think about it. But if you if you sit there and recognize that it's like, hey, I am capable of violence. I know I'm capable of this. So when you take ownership and when you take ownership of your own emotions, you give yourself the choice of how you want to react. Exactly. And I think keeping that in mind has helped me in my life with dealing with anybody so it's like I realized, like, oh yeah, I am. I am a product of violence. I I I can be violent. So when things happen to me, it's like, hey, Chris, we know you can't be violent. Let's try something else. Right. You know, and I think that for me, recognizing those emotions, knowing that, hey, you're not perfect. You have these matter of fact, you have these things, mm-hmm. not to beat up on yourself, but ownership. Cause the only thing that we can own is ourselves. Right. So we have to take take ownership and take advantage of that. Um
1: like, they made me feel this way versus uh-huh. I feel this way mm-hmm. based on their behavior because of this past stuff that exactly. I'm
2: dealing with. And I, they don't have that power. That power is right. an illusion. Don't give it to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that power is an illusion. So I think that's, that's something that, you know, hindsight, obviously. Um, of course, of yeah, course. Hindsight. Many years of therapy, yeah. evolution, yeah. and all exactly. the things. Exactly, hindsight, because sometimes why it's going down, I mean, more now, I, I get it. But even when you're at the moment, like, when you are dealing with those emotions, you're at your weakest point. And you're going to see you're gonna see the ugly side of everything. So, like, there's sometimes mm-hmm. you, someone's going to say something to you, and it's going to be hurtful. And you know it's going to be purposely hurtful, which makes you more hurt. And, you know, anger is the bodyguard of hurt. So we're going to always, like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. I can't address this hurt because that's vulnerable. So I'm going to be angry about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think that... That, that puts us in a worse situation. You're right. It doesn't hurt help anybody. You end up sick. Well, it's true. You
0: do end up sick. And that mm-hmm. brings me to my next point, which is self-care. Mm. Right? And, and just as Dr. Katrina was saying that Therapy, you know, is is key. I think self care is probably going to be key, a key strategy, Mm -hmm. regardless of what the the relationship goal is, right? Because you know, Chris, Chris, and Dr. Katrina are right. You know, we have these emotions. We do need to manage them, right? Because we can't just let them spill out all over other people um, like that, but. It takes work to manage those emotions. And Mm -hmm. you if you're going to be doing that kind of work, you can't overload your system. You need to have outlets for yourself. You can't just like bottle. The the answer isn't to just bottle all that energy up inside and let it eat you from the inside out Mm -hmm. to spare the other person. That's not the answer. You know, some people go the other way with with anger and those types of emotions, and think that that's what it means to control themselves, mm-hmm. right? But mm. that's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So it's really about trying to achieve that balance. And i i don't I really don't think you're going to be able to achieve that balance of um feeling the emotion, acknowledging the emotion, mm-hmm. and still being able to Harness the emotion, if you if you're not taking care of yourself, and that means don't be on the Instagram until <laughs> two in the morning. Mm. Stalking.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Helpful. I don't think that you can do this on your own.
0: No, I don't
2: think that it's like, oh yeah, I get through this myself. No, no, you're gonna need help. No,
0: mm-hmm. I, I I mean, listen, when I was going through my divorce. There were days like when I didn't have my daughter that I would not leave the house. I would be in my bathrobe with all the like blinds drawn, just shuffling around from like the couch <laughs> to the bathroom, maybe to the microwave. I sure wasn't turning that oven on for nothing. Yeah. And it took people calling on me and being like, hey, um, you want to put on some pants and like... <laughs> meet us somewhere outside yeah. or, or they would just like physically like come over yeah. and just be like, okay, we're doing this and just kind of like drag me out. Um but it yeah, it it required I required help to take care of myself um for a bit. And <laughs> yeah, that was that was just a mess. Anyway. Mm. Um so yeah, so so self-care. Is going to help manage. I, I, I think help you manage the emotions, um, and that's key if you want to make sure that you're still going to be able to maintain some kind of connection. Because you don't want to like burn down um, the whole connection because you're 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 feeling angry and uncontrolled about it right. in a moment. You know, because it could really hurt and do lasting damage.
1: Mm. Yeah. And and set up a plan for yourself, yeah. you know, before, you know, I, I suggest to my clients, you know, when you write down your self-care list, all the mm-hmm. things that make you feel good, the f- joy, things that bring you joy. And sometimes, you know, I'll suggest put that in order of energy level, because like you said. Look at you, like, you know, when you you were going through your divorce, you're scooting around the house from room to room, not really feeling good, right? Right. Um, Not eating healthy, using the microwave, all of that stuff, because you're not feeling good. No. Mm -hmm. And we're used to not feeling good. We get stuck in that that place. Definitely. And the self-care is there if you have the will— to take care of yourself, it's there to help support you in continuing to fill your cup when people in your life and things that are happening around you feel like it's depleting it. Mm. And, and it's it's a necessity. Otherwise, how do we get back up? Right. How do we feel better mm. after having our whole world change like that? Mm-hmm. We We must take care of ourselves and know that You know, people call it selfish. First of all, I don't know why selfish has a negative connotation because Mm -hmm. you have to be selfish sometimes because it's self-preservation. Right. Mm -hmm. Self-care is self-preservation. And if you are in a place where you feel like self-preservation is not important, then that right there is when therapy needs to be happening, when you need to call in your support system, because that is the most important. When we start losing our will to love ourselves and to continue to live out our life purpose, Mm. Yeah. That's that's when you need to check in more. And even if you're feeling okay, do the self-care anyway. How does it hurt? How does it hurt to get a cup of coffee? Because that's joyful for you. That's Mm -hmm. my joy. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. how does it hurt to just go take a walk or stand in the sun for a bit and let your melanin pop with the vitamin D? Mm -hmm. Give
2: yourself a, a spa day. Right. Ooh, something yes. like that. Right. Well, harder
1: now with COVID, but yes. Yeah, very, hard,
2: very hard. I mean, and also,
1: I mean,
0: all, all these self-care things, I mean, really, these are things that we should be doing even in the course of our relationships. Course. Mm-hmm. I mean, we shouldn't just save it for, for the breakup <laughs> or when our, you know, our lives are in shambles. Like, we should be continuing to fill our buckets even before they're empty.
1: And honestly, if you fill it when it's empty, then you're gonna, it's not gonna fill it the way you think it should and then you're gonna be like, self-care is bullshit. And it's like, no, right. like, your body's not used to this. You can't expect it to just pull you up mm-hmm. when when you're down like you need to be doing it consistently so that your brain gets online with the fact that like when our emotions are not okay, we want to feel better, so we do these things.
2: Yeah, All I right. always say black joy is revolutionary. Oh, it so is. a lot of times when you are, we are made to go through a lot of trauma in general, and it's it especially if you come from like a traumatic background of, of like maybe your family life wasn't as the easiest, right? It it breakups can kind of trigger all types of things that will send us back to that right. that negative state because that's where we're most comfortable. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, we have to find comfort and joy because I think that's part of the reason people don't do self-care because they're like, well, who am I to feel joyful? hmm I don't deserve this because so I couldn't sad. keep a relationship. Yeah. Oh God, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's and that's yeah,
0: 100 what I was feeling as I was shuffling about mm-hmm. in my bathrobe, yeah. unwashed.
2: It was you know? a, it was a, <laughs> it was something that I I had to work through myself because it was something that like well who am I So like I I can't be happy because I'm the one who like I made this decision. I am the reason why I am sad. So why should I reap any benefit? Yeah, of joy. And, you know, and it it had to be something that I had to work through, you know, because that has nothing to do with myself. And I deserve that. So, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. so
1: important to check those negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, we sometimes take the negative thoughts as truth or at least our brain does because you're telling it to yourself mm-hmm. over yeah. and over again. Sure. And, you know, you don't want to sit in them for too long you know you you don't want to let them take over but that's not me saying don't feel your feelings y'all like we we have to feel our feelings and and more importantly we need to be aware when we're yeah. not feeling okay and when you're not okay it it you don't always have to sink into your thoughts. <laughs> you can just take care of yourself. We don't always have to know why. Why am I feeling this way? Because honestly, even if you figure out a reason why, I'm using quotes right now, if you figure out a reason why, that may not be the reason why. Good. Maybe it's a bunch of other stuff that you're unaware of. You know, so you 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 have to do your best to check those negative thoughts. And mm. one of the ways that I suggest to check them is when you notice the negative thought, write it down if you can. Um, And then like what feelings are associated with it and Mm -hmm. and then refute that negative thought in some way. So like if your negative thought is, you know, I'm a terrible partner, that's why this breakup happened. Mm -hmm. That's probably not necessarily true, or at least it's not the whole truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe the the thought that you use to refute that is, you know, Maybe I didn't do my best or maybe I wasn't the best partner, but I did my best, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever works for you. And then instead of continuing to tell yourself that negative thought that I suck at being a partner, you're now telling yourself I did my best. And that makes a significant difference and Mm -hmm. shift in your brain for you and doing that consistently for several weeks Cause it it takes some time for your brain to get used to the new thought, but doing that consistently, I I promise you, you will see movement and how you feel and your ability to move through the breakup easier.
2: Mm.
1: Not easy. Yeah. Easier. Right.
2: Loving yourself takes work. I think you have to put practice to it. You know, uh, I I try to give myself some affirmations each day and, and, and think of some positive things of recognize honestly where you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, You know, some people, especially um, people who go through major breakups and divorce, they blame themselves and they go, especially, you know, I have a friend of mine, they got a divorce and they have kids and they go, man, I feel bad because like my kids don't have that. And I was like, nah, you got to forgive yourself because at the end of the day, what your kids saw is that you chose yourself Hmm. and that's going to teach, that's a better lesson. Staying Hmm. together for the kids ruins kids. You know what I'm saying? But when... Those kids deserve to see both parents be happy no matter how yeah. that looks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when they see that, you know, my, their parent chose themselves and and they still love them, that'll teach them to love themselves. So if they go through that situation, they'll make the, they'll make the choice.
0: I mean, there's that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also just the very practical, <laughs> on a practical level, that if the child is living in a house with discord mm-hmm. and unhappy you know just like not a lot of love the kid is absorbing that mm-hmm. Absolutely. and that's not good for the kid either and sometimes what maybe what the kid just needs is for the to to, to be in the presence of a happy and whole parent yeah right so exactly uh, you know and that i mean that that's actually a a good Point when it comes to the co-parenting thing because again, we've said it a couple times. this is an emotional process. and and it's it's really easy to be just kind of myopic about it and and you it, and and only see things from your perspective and like, oh, I'm so hurt, this person's mm-hmm. doing this to me and I'm gonna stick it to them and I I'm, I'm gonna not let them see their kid or I'm gonna, you know talk. Talk bad about uh, about them to the kid, or mm-hmm. you know, do all this to dr- you know try and drive a wedge. Um, and I'm not I'm not going to say that it's not okay to feel hurt and upset. But as Dr. Katrina said, we're not we're animals, but we're we're animals with consciousness, uh, and we mm-hmm. do have the ability to and to control these impulses. And especially when children are around, we should. Because it does damage to them. It does violence to their psyche. And we should always put the needs and the considerations of the child first. Above ourselves, above the other person. Um, Because the kid didn't ask to be here. They didn't ask for any of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, they are here and they are being tossed around. And as hard... Um, and as emotional as it is for you as an adult uh, in this situation, it's twice as difficult for the child because they don't always have the same level of understanding and they don't have the control. So, you know, it's... But if you're doing the self-care things and if you're putting the child first, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for everyone, but it will be possible to get through it Um, and even if, you know, you you guys aren't able to be friends, at least you might be able to maintain a relationship that will allow you to function and co-parent. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know at least from my experience and, um, uh, you know, those are my friends who are also divorced because you know I'm an elder millennial, and mm-hmm. we're all we're all doing that now,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, right? Yeah, well, it, several it's of my friends right now mm-hmm. are
0: getting mm-hmm. divorced. It's the season, y'all. Yeah, but but is. what I've seen just for for those of you listening out here, out there who might be um, co-parenting, I found that making things automated is the best. And this is whether you get the courts involved or not. You know, for for some people, they don't need to have a uh, you know court-approved parenting plan, um, but for some folks, it, you know, it helps. But regardless of whether you go through the courts or not, having some type of clear predictable plan is best for everyone. It's best for you. It's best for your partner, your, your co-parent to plan around. And it's best for the child Absolutely, best to for the understand child. what to anticipate. Because again, this is a very traumatic time. The more stability and predictability you can provide um, for the, the child or the children is the better. Um, and also anything that you can do to create less friction points. And by that I mean if you have to negotiate every Sunday what time the pickup is going to be or the drop-off is going to be, that's a friction point because that's an opportunity for you to argue about some shit. Mm -hmm. You don't need that. Uh Just say, all right, here is the pickup time and place You know, this is what works. Maybe if you need to have a third party involved, do that. Um, If it's uh, about uh, monthly expenses, don't, you know, don't, it's a lot better um, to just say, okay, I am paying X amount each month Mm -hmm. versus texting about every box of diapers (laughs) <laughs> that's right. another friction point. So the more automated and predictable you could make it, um, is the better it's going to be for yourself, your co-parent, and most important of all, the child or children involved.
1: Mm-hmm. And and stick to the agreements. Right. You know, that that's the thing, as you were saying, Eli, is that, that stability is not only for the child, but it's for right. you all as well. So right. that you have some predictability with each other because mm-hmm. clearly you know, if there's a breakup, then there were some issues with your ability to engage with each other in right. a way that felt happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. So having an agreement and sticking to it, which again is your will, you know, sticking to your word is so important. That integrity in in all of this that we're talking about today is important.
0: Mm. You know, I do want to go back real quickly to something you, you, we were talking about before. <clears throat> you were talking about um maintaining if if you're transitioning out of a romantic relationship but you still want to maintain some type of relationship or if you want to uh pause to just reassess to just say oh god things are coming at me too fast i think the one of the key things there is you have to accept the possibility that it may not work out the way you want it to or that you think it should. It probably won't. <laughs> it probably won't. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> and and when we're talking about transitioning out of one type of relationship into whatever, I, I think we need to accept that because we we don't know what's on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a hundred percent control over it either. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we can set it up for what we want, but ultimately what does the other person want? What, Mm -hmm. what do the logistics allow for? You know, what, you know, you, you might be thinking, I just want to get away from this person and disconnect, but Oh wait, what about junior? (laughs) Or you might think, Oh, I still want to maintain a friendship, but old girl is like, "Nah, peace homie. I've already blocked you right. and right. unfriended you on all the things." You don't have control over that. And I think once mm-hmm. you accept that, you're going to be in a good position to land on your feet, however however things, you know, turn out. I mean and I've mm-hmm. I've definitely in the early part of my divorce I had in my mind okay we're we're just going to pause to reassess and then we're going to have this renaissance and we're going to mm-hmm. be back stronger than ever but that wasn't that was ultimately holding everyone back okay. I had to let go of any type of preconceived notion of what I wanted it to look like and just accept it for what it was going to be.
1: Right. And, and there are some things that you have control over, right? I think that's the thing we feel crazy um, when there are all these things happening to us externally that we can't control but like most things we can't control and coming to terms with that and then being grounded in what you can control. You right. control your emotions. You right. can control your integrity. You can control how you approach other people. There's all sorts of how things. You take care of
0: yourself. Yeah.
1: So focus on that and not on the things that you have no control over because that, that's just going to be maddening.
0: Absolutely. Right. So what about those situations where you want to minimize trauma? Either the relationship itself is causing trauma um, to either person or, you know, maybe the relationship is causing trauma to a third party like a child uh, and you want to transition out of that relationship. What are, what are some special tools, um, considerations or strategies when there's trauma involved in the reason why you're transitioning?
1: Yeah, actually, Chris, I'd like to hear from you if you have anything based on your relationships.
0: Um, as far as like...
1: Like transitioning when there's trauma involved, you know, because you mentioned that, you know, mm-hmm. you your family life was yeah. a little difficult growing up, which mm-hmm. means that, you know, you saw some things, mm-hmm. you heard some things. So now that you are older and having relationships yourself... What what does that look like for you to minimize trauma? And maybe it's just minimizing trauma for yourself
2: yeah. versus, you know, someone I, else. I think minimizing trauma for yourself is the most important because on that one, you will be able to develop boundaries that will help you dimin- um, minimize trauma with other people. So what are some strategies for for getting
0: out of there when you're when everything's on fire?
2: <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So A is first of all, deciding that you need help, mm. you know, mm-hmm. deciding that, making that decision. It all comes from a decision, realizing that every relationship that you have is a choice. Every day you wake mm. up and deal with anybody, that shit is a choice. So I, I did that. I did therapy. Therapy really 100% helped. But before I did therapy, I had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Something wasn't right in my spirit. Right. So you have to make a That's choice. Real. You have to realize, hey, this is a problem. And and you have to choose yourself enough to separate yourself, to go to therapy. And then from therapy, do that self-reflection. And from that self-reflection, learn to heal and learn ways to communicate with people that are better.
0: Right on. You know, that that makes me think. And, and I think, actually, it, it definitely applies in situations where there is trauma. But I actually think it applies in situations when there isn't trauma. And it's this part, this this inertia this sense of oh my gosh something I'm checking in with myself this isn't right this doesn't feel right I don't feel good Mm -hmm. being with this person is not bringing out the best in me yeah yeah I'm I'm not being my best self and that's traumatizing to me and me not being my best self is traumatizing to this other person and you know everything is, is swirling down the toilet um and sometimes it's really easy in those moments to be like, I don't know. I I'm I've I made a commitment. I can't, I can't get out of this. Yeah.
2: I think being open and vulnerable with everybody involved is right. super important. It, being open and vulnerable yeah. and also open to the possibility
0: that you can transition it. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many people Unhappily partnered people mm-hmm. I've talked to, yeah. uh-huh. who just for whatever reason are just like, well, I can't, you know, we've been together for so long, I can't leave him. I love
2: him. Oh, that is yeah.
0: And 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 I think part of it, and, and it is this breakup culture, and that's why mm-hmm. I want to get away from that and and start talking more about mm-hmm. transition, because when we think about, you know. Wanting to leave because we love somebody. We don't want to break up. We don't want this person out of our lives. Because we still love them. Yeah. If we are wanting to end a relationship because of trauma. We're already traumatized. And then we want to break up. That's right. more trauma, Right. you know? And then it's like, well, who wants trauma on top of trauma? It's like, hey, I'm going to cut myself. Dr. Katrina, why don't you go ahead, pour some lemon juice. Chris, <laughs> uh-huh. you get the salt. Ah. Nobody wants that, yeah. right? They just, mm. it's just like, okay, shit, I'm bleeding. This sucks. But, mm-hmm. like, at least I'm not alone, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there when when we're in these situations where we want to transition a relationship for whatever reason uh we're we're not jiving there's trauma whatever we i think the first step maybe the second step after realizing that you're not happy mm-hmm. is to realize that you can fix it Right. Mm, you in whatever kill. way that looks like. In whatever way that looks like. And then the third step is you might not be in control of what that looks like. Mm, so accepting mm-hmm. that something's funky, uh, realizing that you can do something to fix it, and then understanding that even if you do your best, mm-hmm. you are still not in control of how things end up. Right. Yeah. And you know in in terms of a an overall strategy i mean i think that might i think that might be it you know for for whatever the scenario is um and then again you know you're going to have your special considerations like if there are kids involved or right uh-huh. or if you have um you know like in your case dr katrina like business considerations mm-hmm. that you're dealing with together or real estate or whatever um but you know i i think there are some overall things that you can do and i guess maybe the fourth thing this the self care mm-hmm. that's going to run throughout and therapy would be part of that right. self care mm-hmm. regimen if you can and and if if therapy is something that you can't manage because you can't find a therapist and it is difficult um uh especially if you're in non traditional relationships because I, I can't tell you how many therapists I've been to that are just like, oh, well, you're having problems in your relationship. This must be why. Because right. mm-hmm. you have one or two too many. Oh, <laughs> like, I, yeah. right? oh, Shut the that. fuck up. Right. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so if therapy is not an option, I think having, um, having like a, a network, a community – to talk to is important mm-hmm. um and if your your network or your community is your friends like asking their consent before you emotionally dump on them is an mm-hmm. important part mm-hmm. of this or if you um if your network is like made up of your other partners you know that's another consideration we're going to talk about that a little bit um, yeah. a little bit more in depth here in a minute. Okay, but I, I think it is important to ask these folks for consent like, hey, here's how I'm feeling. I'm really struggling with this. I'd like to just bounce some of this off of you. Is that okay?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I, I can tell you being on the other side and being dumped on, you know, sometimes you're just like, man, I'm not... I wasn't per- I wasn't right. emotionally prepared to, like, hold you up like this, homie. Like, I'm trying but like, you could have given me a heads up. I just thought... We were going to hit the driving range just and just shit around, you know, for mm-hmm. no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but tapping into that network is imp- an important part of self care, even if you can afford therapy. It's, I mean, unless you're, I mean, sometimes you need more assistance than a once a week or even twice a week therapist can mm-hmm. can provide for you. Definitely, yeah. So now, what about those of us who are in? non-traditional relationships and going through breakups at the same time because it's a little different. It's the same. It's mm-hmm. the same heartache. I mean, you're still feeling all those, the the rejection, the sadness, the loneliness, and still you have other partner or partners mm-hmm. that you need to consider. Yeah. Uh,
2: I love this part of the song. All right. So what comes to mind is actually a non, not like a It's more of a traditional relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I have a friend of mine, and her best friend was married to this douchebag. And so the douchebag had cancer, and he's dying, right? Now, the guy is pretty terrible. And so she calls me, and she was like, so my friend called me to tell me that her husband is now dying. I'm kind of happy about this. But what do I say? (laughs) I was like, well, yeah, not
0: that, not that. that, not
2: that you have to approach it with empathy. <laughs> Keep your opinions to yourself, but approach it with empathy, right. which I, I think that that holds true when you're dealing with a relationship that has other relationships. Sometimes, you know, you have situations where you may not like your partner's partner. You may not like your minimal, Right. But you have to be empathetic and sensitive towards your actual partner. And you don't want to come up because they're already dealing with a lot. Right. So, you have to appear like you have to not appear, but you have to be empathetic towards what they're going through. It's like, oh, I'm sorry that you're hurting. It, how can I help you during this moment? You know, I know that sometimes partners just want to vent. Right. And that, and you just have to be an ear. Sometimes partners are just looking for um, comfort and, and, you know, provide that comfort or whatnot. But I think that it's important to be empathetic to listen and to take a step back from your own emotions when dealing with the breakup of another partner. Yeah. yeah.
1: That, that empathy piece is really important. Like you said, take a step back yeah. because if you find yourself being in a situation and let's, let's take the situation you just, you just described. Okay. Mm-hmm. The dude is a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And so that, that part of you, you got feelings about that. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you think about, man, how would I feel if I was with someone who had a partner who they were losing. Yeah. You know, like putting yourself like what would that feeling be like? And not feeling the feelings hardcore, right? Don't mm-hmm. don't make yourself too upset about it, you know, no. don't fall out over it. But like think about how somebody else might feel. And and take a second, yeah. you know, because that that'll check you. It'll check your judgments. Mm-hmm. It'll check some of your reactions and you can be more grounded in a in a space to be able to hold yeah. for someone.
0: Absolutely. I- you know it's it's interesting to hear both of your takes on this because my take is is a little different okay um so when Queen B and I were breaking up i was and I still am in a relationship with the girl, my stance was very much I'm not sharing anything with the girl about what happened other than mm-hmm. we broke up it was very much like. Here's the deal. We broke up. Mm-hmm. I'm upset. We don't have to talk about it. I love you. I'm. I'm not going to let this impact our relationship in any way. Yeah. I'm not going to expect anything more from you mm-hmm. because this happened, mm-hmm. and I just left it right there.
1: Now, was that for you, or was yeah, that but for it, for her?
0: It was for both. Okay. Because I, I didn't want. It felt weird to pull her into this mess that had nothing to do with her. Mm. No, I hear you. So that was was one part of it. And the other part of it was, I feel like grief is messy, and I want to be messy, and I don't necessarily want to be messy all over her because, Mm. again, none of this is her problem. I don't, you know what I mean? So if it's not her problem, I'm not going to make it her problem. Yeah. I'm going to deal with this outside of her presence. I'm going to deal with this with my therapist. I'm going to deal with this mm-hmm. with my other friends. She has not been a part of this grieving process for me at all, really. Every every yeah. now and again, something will come up, like I'll I'll smell some cumin and uh, <laughs> and she knows that that makes me, you know, think of of Queen B, and she'll, I'll, I, you know, I'll like drift off in my mind, and she'll know what I'm thinking about, but she won't, she won't like press it. She'll just like, okay, you know, yeah. pat me on my back, like I know what he's upset about, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna pry. We're not gonna talk about it. Yeah, well, and that's. Yeah, that's how we just Listen, very. That is just another crisp. way. About to say, that's just
2: another way of of your partner supporting you and yeah. you know, your process. Yeah, and I think that that's a great way. Yeah, you know, it it allows you to process. It gives everybody peace. Yeah, in that sense, I, I it is a little, you know, I had I had another relationship because I I had my breakups like within months, but one kind of caused the other because oh. of how they reacted to the breakup. Yeah. Like it's it shows the 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 type of person you are when they don't when they don't have any empathy for what you're going through. Because but mm. the person was new to poly, they was like, oh, well, now that that's over, now there's more room for me. Right? Why are you sad? And uh, they made it about them. Right. Because it's like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, for example, uh, as we stated before, there was a certain um, restaurant that my ex and I went to. And she was like, hey, we should go to that restaurant. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not ready for that yet. For obvious reasons, Fair, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Why are you? Why are you saving space for their feelings? Why are you doing this? You're denying me a chance." And I was like, "Wow, you made this about you, oh. and that's crazy." Real and quick. also, also like, you're forgetting I'm the one that's dealing with the breakup. Right? What What if? What if it, like, have you never considered that that may be an issue for me? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I think that you have to allow that empathy for your part of the process. Mm. as well. Yeah. yeah. So and that that um that that particular part that made it about her and it just spiraled into a bunch of problematic shit.
1: And I can yeah. appreciate <laughs> the boundaries that you all are talking about and, and I definitely set some similar to myself in my mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. But I think the hard part is like when you are feeling grief from a previous relationship or or not even that there was a breakup that just something went down with someone else mm-hmm. outside of the partner that you're with at the time, right? Like yeah. that, that stuff affects you. And my partner, oh my goodness, she knows immediately when I'm not okay. And so mm-hmm. it does affect my relationship with her. Right.
2: absolutely. And right. what absolutely. I
1: decide to share as Eli was saying is, is metered. Right. Um, Because, you know, there are feelings that come up with everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find this difficult to be able to grieve a relationship while in another relationship, because it's almost like, you know, you don't get the space to be able to to grieve in a way that maybe feels better or fully because you're with someone else. And you also have to think about their feelings and how you're engaging with them. But on the other side of it, you know, maybe we don't need to be like grieving the way that we do after relationships
2: sometimes. I feel you. I think it takes a lot of grace on the partner's part because they have to they have to have that empathy. Like I had at the time, you know, I'm dealing with multiple partners here at the time of my breakup. We had a way that that person reacted badly, but we had a way that that another partner reacted very well. It was like, hey, Chris, I understand this is a hard time. I'm sorry this is happening for you because mm-hmm. you guys are really close. Take your time, do what you need to do. If you need me, I am there to be an ear, I am there to support you. And they left it at that. Yeah. They left it at that. When we hung out, they didn't make it about how much time I spent when I didn't call as much or when I needed time alone. They didn't go, hey, you're acting different with me now. Bitch, of course I'm acting different with you. Right. <laughs> just lost the relationship. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm right. acting different with everybody. Right. I can't, you know, I don't have that type of thing where you can just turn it off. Like no, no, um, nobody can, right? Especially when you've been involved with somebody for mm-hmm. years. You can't just go, all right, and now that light switches off. I'm gonna go hang with somebody else and totally not be affected by this thing that was life altering. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I think oh, the other partners should really recognize that and be sensitive towards that because that's what a friend would do. Yeah. Like a good friend would do. None of my boys, I would be pissed off if, if I had a, a situation that happened to me and I'll go to one of my boys and he'd be like, niggas get shot every day, B. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll be like, oh, this person doesn't care about me. Yeah. So I, I I have that same expectation for anybody I date.
0: Yeah, that's that's a reasonable place to set the bar, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. But well, the, the timing for me and the breakup thing worked out really well, though, because mm-hmm. the girl was on a three month sojourn, so she was mm-hmm. she was on the road mm-hmm. when the breakup happened. So you had the space. So I had the physical and emotional space to just yeah like go through the most acute stages right by myself Mm -hmm. you know but I I often wonder what would that have been like if she were here Mm -hmm. and I was having to negotiate having like emotional space for myself and still remaining present for her Mm -hmm. you know and and that's I can see that as a struggle
1: and you know it's 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 interesting to, you know, have someone outside of someone else you're dating where there's the the breakup. But then when you're in a triad, a quad, and then there's a breakup, which is what I'm going through now, but yeah. also has been my experience in the past, it mm. is so complicated and difficult because you've got two people who are now still together, but just got broken up with by someone that you both care about Mm -hmm. and now you're both dealing with your feelings of grief and confusion and frustration and you know some of that you maybe can't talk to your partner about because it's about their other partner right like there's just so much oh my gosh and then it's like who has the capacity to support the other and when and can you hold that space and and how do you navigate differences in how you view that person that you're now broken up with versus you know some of the difficult feelings that are coming up these are all things that I am currently juggling trying to figure out and I've definitely had to lean on my friends more uh my girls Layla and Michelle have been like my just so tight with me like they have just been so supportive and my friend Lee as well, like they've all been super supportive and I've needed them at this time because I can't mm. always talk about the things that are coming up with me with my current partner because she's she's dealing with her own stuff too. And it's it's just super complicated and yeah. difficult. Mm. I don't know if you all have been in that kind of a
2: situation no, before. No, I mean, I've been in situations where I've had to comfort uh, a partner through a breakup. And a lot of it mm. is legit putting... My personal feelings aside, even right. if it's about that person, I had to put my personal feelings aside mm-hmm. and be like, "All right, cool. How can I be there for right. you?" Because it's not helpful in that moment. No, it's not. It's not helpful. No, like contrary to probably the oh, like fuck that dude, fuck that chick, is really not as helpful at all. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 sometimes I jokingly play around with it. Like, I had a friend of mine, and they they didn't break up, but they had a, a, a argument. And I bought them flowers. And uh, I in the note said, girl, fuck him. You know, just just <laughs> just for fun. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But, like, I knew they were going to be fine. Like, right. it was just, it was a little spiff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, <laughs> but I think uh, at the end of the day, like, you have to be supportive to your friend. Because that's, right. what if they get back together? Yeah. Then you look like an ass. Now what? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, I never and I've liked been you. that friend. Was like, ooh. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like, ooh, it's super awkward. <laughs> so a lot of times you just have to, like, save face and, and say, hey, I'm here for you right you know yeah, exactly yeah i'm here for you i i
0: have i haven't been in a situation where a triad what's the what's the preferred word is it triad or is it thruple
1: i like triad thruple feels weird to it me It does feel weird yeah. and and yeah. i think of the trinity
0: and all, right. all of that and it just feels mm-hmm. very spiritual and connected to me <laughs> okay yeah so i haven't been in a well i guess the only triad i've been in is the one i'm in now which whole other episode is Eli in a triad? Question mark. (laughs) Okay. Next time. Um, But I have, like I said in the beginning of the show, been in a quad that has broken up. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was... So ex-wifey and I broke up with the other couple. And then after the breakup, we were sort of with ourselves dealing Mm -hmm. with... The trauma of right. breaking up with the couple, but then also still being together, and in a weird sort of way, like processing that trauma together, and it wasn't in a healthy way. Mm. It mm. was um, was confusing and toxic. Yeah, I, I yeah. Were, are the two best words for yeah. it. So I don't, I don't, I don't really have any good strategies for yeah. how to minimize the damage, you know, when, or, or the fallout from that type of breakup, because, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, how, how, yeah, Yeah. how do you, Mm -hmm.
1: I think what you said earlier with consent period, like with friends and, and spilling, right. I think the same with your partner, you know, like, do you have the space to hear this right now? Mm -hmm. Right. Can I
0: just talk
1: about it, you know, and
0: you know what it feels like? It feels like you're doubling down on the trauma. Right it's like you're now you you're dealing with your own trauma and then you're dealing with your partner's trauma on top of that trauma from the same situation, and it's just like, you know, yeah, it's a lot <laughs> like this is this is bad enough, just dealing with how I feel about this, and now, like I have to like bear the weight of this from you right. as well um and I, I that's that's the part that gets kind of tricky.
1: I think what's been working for me is communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I can sometimes feel alone in my feelings because I'm very metered about what I share and I I save some of that, most of that for my friends. Being able to communicate, yeah, I've been having a difficult time with this or that made me think of this. um, But, you know, not allowing myself to spill um, because, you know, that other person is grieving too and... Someone else can't really, like, hold the space for your grief well when they're also grieving.
0: No, it's Mm. true. But, you know, I hear your point. But also, as you said earlier, that person, if they're your partner, they know you. They can feel the energy. And even if you aren't articulating exactly what it is you are grieving, they're going to feel that grief. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Whether you're metered about what you say or not, I right. think the end result is still this person is holding half of your grief in addition to half of their grief. And right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Support yeah. and self-care. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can do. That is, that take is the theme each, of the mm-hmm. theme Right. Of the each thing,
0: day self-care. by day. Mm-hmm. That's it, y'all. It's mm-hmm. a real if you haven't already. It's a really good time to invest in yourself and your hobbies. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, When on the very first episode of this podcast, I talked about all of the things that I like to do. And I listed a few things, including scuba diving and playing the drums and riding motorcycles. Those were all hobbies that I picked up after my relationship with ex-wifey ended. Hmm right on yeah. because during our marriage i did not invest in myself mm-hmm. i was so busy investing in her and our life together and our child and trying to make sure she was happy that i completely neglected myself so when the relationship fell apart i was just an empty shell there was nothing mm-hmm. i didn't mm-hmm. have anything to um like generate joy for myself or I, I, I really, yeah. I mean, I was like in a dark, dark place. And so I started thinking, like, what are the things that I like to do? Why don't I start doing those things? There's no one here now to tell me, oh, no, Wednesday nights won't work because (laughs) I, you know, I have this standing meeting or you have to, like, be home to take care. And it's just like, no, actually, I actually have time now to figure out what it is I like to do and do those things. And the more I did the things that I liked – the better I felt and the better I felt, the more people that I was able to, you know, attract to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in part three of our uh, breakup series, yes. The Rebound. Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that more later there. Oh, man. But, but that investing in myself and my interests was key. Mm-hmm. to To getting through that, and I Agreed. know I know that a I, I know I'm not the only one that falls into that same trap in a relationship. It's just you know it's it's easy to get tunnel vision mm-hmm. and just focus on the other person and focus on the relationship and not understand that you need to continue filling your own personal bucket. yeah, my okay. auntie, my auntie Patsy, when I was getting married, gave me some really solid advice. She told me always make sure and have your own bank account. Always mm-hmm. make sure to have your own money. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's good practical advice. But to broaden the scope of what she's saying, always make sure you have something that is yours to fall back on.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay? Whether yeah.
0: that's money, whether that's mm-hmm. interests, whether that's community, always make sure you have something that is yours. Agreed. Thank you, Auntie Patsy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Auntie.
2: That's solid advice. Mm -hmm. Very much so.
1: Oh, y'all. Can we take a collective breath together? Because breakups or transitions, as we're now calling them, are difficult. So Mm. let's just take a breath and get all that out. Yes. (sighs) <sighs> Feel free to do the same as you're listening to this podcast. Yes. I know stuff has come up for you all as well.
0: Stuff um, has definitely come up yes. for me. You know, and actually, one, <laughs> one, one thing I do want to talk about really quickly is social media. What do y'all do with the social media issue during a breakup? Do you continue to follow them? do you block them do you engage with their social media posts like what do you what do you do
2: I think it depends on the um reasoning and status of the breakup you mm-hmm, have to adjust mm-hmm. to your level of comfort mm-hmm. um I know for me you know sometimes seeing things is a little bit hard yeah. so I may unfollow for a little bit like yeah. and I don't necessarily block people because yeah. Eh, yeah I ain't really I ain't really on that type of time with, with the people that I may have broken up with yeah you know what I'm saying I think Blocking is is a thing for protection, right? And it's it's something that you know. Even if there's a situation where someone feels starting, yeah, you should you should probably do that. But for me, I think blocking sends the wrong signal, right? Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, I will politely unfollow. Yeah, because uh, there, there, there may be a time, maybe not now, but there may be a time where you want to reach out, and you want to reach out with love. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to reach out with. We we care of some sort. But I don't really believe in, um, you know, fuck you for life. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. That's what the block feels like. Yeah. Agreed.
0: I I feel very much the same way. The the seeing things bothers me, so I will unfollow. But I've never, I haven't blocked recently. I mean, certainly in my younger days when I was talking about changing locks and sleeping cameras. Yeah. Yeah, they got cut back. Like, like you know, like a quick, thing. oh, yeah, I used to Blocked write songs. From, block it, the, it was my yeah. space in those days, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. but, but these these days, I'm not dealing with anybody that I would have to block, but I do have to unfollow because I'll fall down a rabbit hole, yeah, same, yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to self regulate mm-hmm. yeah,
1: heard, yeah, and I don't really I'm not on social media that much, mm. but i I feel the same. You know, an unfollow is not a bad idea sometimes. That's another way of creating that space you might need.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and just on that note of space, and we're going to talk about this some more for part three, uh, the rebound. But what about ghosting? I mean, because at a certain point, I mean, it's certainly okay. If you've been with somebody for like a year and change, you're probably not going to ghost um, as a way, as a means to transition a relationship, but is there a point where ghosting is an appropriate method of transitioning a relationship? Yeah, yeah. Usually, I, when you're in danger, right? Mm-hmm. You're in
1: danger, or mm-hmm. someone continues to come at you in not so great
0: ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I think. Okay, that's, like I that's think what it's I think. okay. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that some more. Like I said, in the next episode, in the context of online dating and ghosting. Mm. And we're going to we're going to do a comparison between what y'all said here <laughs> and what you have to say next time. Okay. For me for me and ghosting, I I think I would agree. I've only ghosted on one partner in the past and oh no sorry. No, nope, hang on. Um two <laughs> mm, let's say let's say two partners <laughs> in the past, but it was, they were both situations, you know, again, one was I was changing the locks. The other one was I was sleeping with a hammer under my pillow, like everything needed to be you know, just yeah. immediate uh-huh. cease and desist, like no communication. Mm-hmm. I've changed my numbers, like yeah. we're done here. You don't know gotcha. where I live now. <laughs> um, but those are really the only situations where I would ghost somebody that I've been in a relationship with with Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have a different take next time just as a preview (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) so just to just to wrap up here you know in terms of um reasons why uh people would want to transition out of a relationship they are many um but some of the few that we talked about here today include you know maybe the romance is over and you want to transition to a different type of relationship Mm -hmm. um maybe the relationship is causing trauma and you know you're you're each not bringing out the best in each other um maybe things are happening too fast and you just need a moment to pause and see really where things are and how you feel um and maybe in any of these scenarios there might be other people to consider uh children or other partners um and we said as some general strategies regardless of what the reason is for transition or who else are you know who else might be involved um first thing is to realize you're not happy and accept that um then understand you can change things and even if you do your best uh, to change things and to communicate and to set good boundaries, things may still not end up where you want them to or where you think they should. Mm-hmm. And you just have to accept that as part of the process. Um, the other thing we stressed as a potential strategy is self-care. And self-care includes things like therapy, uh, making sure you have a network, you know, a, a community, uh, friends, um, to rely on to make sure that you're out of your robe and putting on pants at least you know a couple <laughs> times a week. Yeah. Um, self care also includes investing in yourself and your hobbies and whatever interests you may have outside of just focusing on the relationship and what is or is not going to happen uh, with this other person, and. And even if you do all of these things, all of these strategies, understand, it's still going to hurt. It's still going to be tough. You can automate everything that you want. You can have agreements. You can follow the agreements. There's still going to be things that are going to happen. Hurt feelings are going to happen. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. If it hurts, if it's bumpy, it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. Transitions are tough, yeah. even at their best. Absolutely. So give yourself grace and space, as much space as you can take. And if you can't take physical space, you know, days or weeks at a time because of the logistics of life, try and carve out, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes for yourself each day mm-hmm. to just... Focus on yourself. And again, that is part of that self-care. And that is critical um, for getting through this. Uh, so for next time, we are going to have our third and final installment of the breakup series. And that's going to be the rebound When you guys are, when you've done all the self-care and all the good boundaries have been set and agreements and so forth. Mm -hmm. And you're ready to get back on that horse or horses that bucked you. We're (laughs) going to talk about how. We're going to be talking about um, the dating platforms. We're going to be talking about how to know when you're ready to get yourself out there. We're going to be talking about some first dating tips so please do tune in for that but first we want to um, take some time to amplify an organization today um in, you know we talked a lot about trauma and and upheaval and the importance of therapy so today we wanted to amplify an organization um you know that that Might check that self-care box for some folks. Dr. Katrina, you want to tell us more? Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: Here's the thing, and I'll I'll be real about it. Within the mental health system and with therapists, we all can get very stuck in colonized thinking and ways of being and healing. And so this website, uh, Deconstructing the Mental Health System, is a way that you can check in with therapists that are doing that work or have done that work that want to help support you in decolonizing your mind from a lot of Eurocentric negative ways of being, but also have, have done the work to help support themselves in decolonizing their minds. So it's Deconstructing the Mental Health System, www.dmhsus.org. I'm I'm sure we'll put that on the website so you can check it out. And they, you know, this website was created as a means to bring anti-racist therapists together to address the mental health system's racial and financial inequities through education and other initiatives, such as a free provider listing for BIPOC therapists, which FYI, A free provider listing is amazing and something that doesn't happen often. Um, It's a way for us therapists to be able to be out there so that you can find us, but often it costs us quite a bit. So this organization helps support us as well as you. And you can find therapists, resources, workshops, or community events on this website. So please check it out when you have a chance. I know getting a therapist can be hard, but hopefully... This, this website can help you find one that fits more about how you want to move about in the world. So that is Deconstructing the Mental Health System. D-M-H-S-U-S dot org.
0: And we will have a link up on our website, loveandproductions.com. And we will also have a link up in the show notes. So... We're looking forward to you all joining us for next time, um, uh, the third episode of our breakup series, The Rebound. And in the meantime, please, if you like the content, rate, review, tell a homie. And as always, keep on living and loving in color, y'all.